the Leash Today Talking Sport podcast, brought to you in association with Booth Concrete. Booth Concrete provide high-quality concrete products to Leash and the surrounding counties. Thinking concrete, think Booth Concrete. When quality matters. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Talking Sport podcast. Um, I'm Alan Hartnett, and I'm joined by Stephen Miller. The, the opposite way around. It's usually it's usually me joining him, but he's joining me this time. And uh, we're sorry we're coming to you a bit later, but there's um there's a reason behind that, and I think it might be called karma. I'm not sure really. Is it is it all all the slagging that you were doing about Junior C and health insurance and everything else? Did it all come back to bite you in the arse? Do you want to tell people what happened to you? Yeah, we've got a start with a bit of injury news, I think, are we? Um, <laughs> injury slash retirement news, is that what it, that what it is? <laughs> oh, you have a live announcement. Well, <laughs> I, I had a slagging off I did a junior C was always hurling. I said you should have to fill out a form on your on your health insurance form, you know, smoker, non-smoker, junior C hurler, like just to let the people who are insuring your, your life and your health know that you've had junior C hurling. But I picked up a pretty nasty injury playing junior C football last week. Now, we can probably count on one hand the amount of times I've played a football match in the last five years since I set up each day. But uh, I played a junior match a couple of weeks ago against Park, and it was enjoyable. Now, the bet as well, but it's been enjoyable run around. Then we played the Heat uh, last week, and enjoyable run around for the most part. Now, I kicked about four wides and dropped a couple short and didn't get any scores or anything. And near the end, I broke my golden rule of my golden rule of playing is, is stand in the one spot and take my few handy kicks at it. And I went off down the field, lad cut inside, sort of stood up to him, went to maybe sort of shoulder him or collide with him or whatever. And his knee caught me in the middle of the, the tie. And like I went down like a shot, it was incredibly sore straight away. I thought it was just a bad dead leg or whatever. Been hobbling around for the past week. I started telling Alan in a bad way of my leg. And he was like, he's still a bad way. Like this is two or three days later, like, you know. <laughs> And uh, so that's how it happened on like Thursday night, nearly two weeks ago. And last Friday then, I was, I was, I was only getting worse every day. And uh, last Thursday then, I was just sore Thursday morning in the office, came home in the afternoon and whatever happened, it just flared up. I was in absolute agony. I thought I was really crying with the pain. I thought I was going to pass out. Um, and my wife Emily said, you know what, I'm going to take you to casualty. I didn't know what was that. Like it just, it, you could nearly see the swelling coming in the tie. Like you could see it flaring up. Um, I don't know what, whether it was infection in it, what was in it. And uh, so Emily said she'd bring me to casualty. So she, she, uh, and my pain threshold would be fairly low. And I was sort of thinking, ah, maybe I'll be all right. Like, um, no, but she dropped me over to casualty. It was in for a while. It was in absolute agony now. Like, and um, seen by a doctor, sent down for an x-ray, um, given painkillers and that. And then the lad doing the x-ray said, you know what, I think there's a crack in that. And uh, he's an English guy. And I was there, ah, hardly, it was hardly a crack in it or whatever. And I said, I'm going to take it from a couple more angles. So yeah, he took a couple more angles. And yeah, there was a hairline fracture in my tie bone and my femur. And I don't know why it flared up so suddenly last Friday. He suggested that, was it him or the doctor suggested that? Because it was a fracture, it could be a splinter in the bone and it could have, um, I don't know whether it splintered the muscle or what, but it was absolutely, and I'm on fairly heavy painkillers the last couple of days. And like mobility, like there's nowhere near 90 degree. I'm not like there's no need for surgery. Um, if it was lower down on your leg, let's say you probably would be in one of your Harry Maguire boots. Is that what you call them? That's what I used to call them. Yeah, yeah, the Harry Maguire. Several other ones since. Yeah, but yeah, you were yeah, yeah. Harry Maguire boots. Anyways, well, go go to go to tomorrow tomorrow and see what they say to me. They said it's a bit. They, they rang me from tomorrow and they said it's a bit irregular looking. So I don't know what what to mean. It's still, it's, <laughs> Couldn't be normal with you anyway, could it? Have to be a regular look. <laughs> Couldn't be normal with me. So, moral of the, moral of the story is don't play Junior C against the Heat. <laughs> <laughs> or, or don't slag off uh, Junior C and then go play it. Uh, we, we, don't know who, we don't know who did it to you though, do we? We'll have to try to track down the, the culprit. Yeah. I know, uh, like it was completely... I'd say if anything, I was more at fault than he was. Like I'm not... Uh, <laughs> I'm not... No, uh, I'm just... I Look, if I was a racehorse, I would have been... They would have brought out the... the the, the, the partition yokes and it would me off and would have shot me a long time ago and it would have been a picture of Gordon Elliott sitting on me a picture <laughs> doing the rounds on social media but um, no so yeah I, I, I'm going to have to announce my retirement uh, sadly um, actually not sure if we informed uh, the manager Michael Donlan of my uh, decision which I'm very very sad to do um, because Michael Donlan he's right up there with among the best managers I've ever played and I've never trained under him because there is no actual training 
Um, but McDonough, great character, Roscommon man, proud Roscommon GA man, and uh, um, great manager, very funny on the sideline, and very funny in his team talks and that. So I'll, I'll miss, I'll miss, uh, I'll miss playing under Mick, unfortunately. Oh, I think that's a closed shop. I'd say Mick is all tied up. Like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. so, so that's that's why we're we're coming to you a bit later than um, than usual because poor old Stephen has been trying to between the drugs and the pain and everything else he's been trying yeah, to and and like not being able to sit down like I can neither sit down or stand up <laughs> and uh, I. Um, I yeah, can either sit down or stand up. I was going around the crutches there last Saturday, but I haven't really gone anywhere since. So I'm sort of going around without the crutches and just around the house and that. But like more or less sitting on the couch the entire time with the bit of work that, that I'm doing, um, laptop on my leg and that like was uh, propped up. But Alan, Alan advised me against ever playing ever again a couple of years ago. It was talk of going back and playing a little, little bit more serious. And Alan said, no, you're not a good representative for the business. So. <laughs> 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 out, out that was more because I remember what you were like prior to uh, today, <laughs> and I used to be reporting on games for the Nationals and you'd say oh here comes Miller now with the elbows and arms and legs flying like so but, uh, yeah uh, yeah I know I, I, I don't think I could ever say I, I never said that often though to be fair like, no whenever, no I got, I got a cu- couple of black cards a couple of black cards in the year. Black cards were coming in, didn't you? You got well, coming in, yeah, but but yeah, but there were the black cards. There were black cards at the time when you got got sin bin or when you got one, you were gone for the entire game. Yes, which yeah, was yeah, yeah. which was a nuisance. Um, I remember getting one in the first half of the game one time, and I was rightly pissed off over it. Um, and I saw it was friendly with the referee, and he gave me a black card, and I was very put out over that one. And then I got another one. It was really late in the game, and I, I rugby tackled the fellow. Like I knew one hundred percent what it was doing. So it was no punishment, and it was wrecked. It was no punishment whatsoever. Um, but of course, the, re- the real, the real flying ointment for it is when for it is good and bad. Obviously, we're, we're due our third baby in a couple of weeks' time, and like having a leg injury like this and not being able to like do anything um, is not a good thing. <laughs> You're popular at the minute, all right. <laughs> the, o- the, o- the only blessing, the only blessing is that it didn't happen, you know, in three or four weeks' time. So, uh, you know, it could, could have been a lot worse. And uh, I just go, I don't know what they're going to say. They'll tell me to chop off the leg now in Tullamore tomorrow. I have to go, go to Tullamore tomorrow. So anyway, yeah, so we've had injury news, retirement news. Um, do you want to move on to more serious pressing uh, issues? So, yeah, I mean, we, we can we can carry on after. I enjoyed that. You know, I didn't enjoy that. I thought it was important that we bring uh, clarity to our, our listeners on, on where we've been. Because a few people asking me, wherever we're gone or and I've said oh, a very serious matter going on so now we can we can clarify that and all joking and laughing aside I do hope you recover and you don't uh, have <laughs> well, to have it you, off Would you believe the first person I saw in casualty last Friday last Saturday Friday when I went in was the great Pat Delaney from Rat Downey he did something oh, to his yeah. finger <laughs> and I, I was in so much pain I couldn't talk to him <laughs> <laughs> and on Sunday on Sunday, I had to ring Pat Delaney, the reporter Pat Delaney, to get details from a match. And who, lo and behold, who did they ring on it to wrong Pat Delaney? And he goes, Stephen, did I see you in casualty? So Pat Delaney from Rat Downey rag. Did I see you in casualty on Friday? We are all right. So I was on the phone to Pat for about 20 minutes. And uh, lo and, uh, I don't think I ever got the details of the match I was actually looking for. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh my so by, by regards, by regards to Pat Delaney, who hurt his finger doing something with a lawnmower or something. So I think he'd be all right too. But he was in pain as well. Not, I actually reckon it'd be a great feature, be a great feature for Lee today to spend a day in A and E, just sit with, there with the manager, day, yeah. with the manager or something, and see like the different stories that you come across. You know, yeah, with the characters that you meet, I'm sure you'd meet plenty of them in there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know. Anyway, look, we'll t- you, 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 you talk about talk about. You were in Ennis on Saturday. I was in Ennison Saturday for the minor harders, yeah. So they they had their their shootout match with Claire, um, and uh, obviously it was winner winner takes all. The draw actually would have done leash, but but it was winner takes all, and um, drove down. And you know, Claire is a very, or maybe it was the way I came in. You know, I know I wouldn't be great with with um going in the right direction, but I I came up to the ground and I couldn't find anywhere to park. Now, you were down there, I think, more recently than I was, but I could find nowhere to park. I drove, I was on, I drove on the side where the press box is and I, I was there and I drove in a couple of side streets and I could find nowhere. In the end, I had to go and park in Tesco. 
And there was a, a little rally beside it that you can, well, you're not supposed to park in it, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to pay, I think it was two euro for two hours, but there was a fella going around in a high vis jacket now and he was fairly animated. So I'd say <laughs> if you were a minute over your two hours, you'd be thrown out fairly lively. But I just thought, like, they must host big games. Like, there has to be, maybe I'm wrong, like, but yeah. surely there has to be better parking facilities than, than, than that. Yeah. Like. I don't know that. It was 17 or 18,000 there a week or two ago when Ooh. Clare played Limerick in the Munster Hurling Championship. It's a, oh, it's, it's a fine little ground. It's old fashioned, but it's. Yeah. And it's it not and like, the small stand, right? It's small stand in that, but it's nice and compact. But it's improved a hell of a lot because I remember the first time I ever went down there, it was about, I'd say about 2011, maybe. I think Leash played, the Leash footballers played Clare in the qualifier. Mick O'Dwyer was over. Um, Claire and Justin yeah. McDulty was over each. Could have been 12, 11, 12, 12, 13, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. One, of those, one of those years. But uh, we were doing the stats and we were put up on top of the stand. But the stand was like a galvanized shed and you had to walk across it. There was a little ladder you had to climb up and then you walked. Like, <laughs> health and safety, I'd say. No, not a chance. But yeah. when you were there um, on Saturday, They've a great setup, lovely steel, and you walk. And this this thing is still there, but it's properly secured now, and you can walk mm-hmm. up and hit it. But uh, yeah, no, got, got in. It was a very strong breeze, and it was blowing uh, down the pitch away from where we were. Sort of, we were down maybe the, the opposite end. It makes no difference visually, but anyway, uh, the wind was blowing down, and Claire had it in the first half. And you thought, right, well, it's probably worked seven or eight points. And if Leash could not concede any goals, and uh, get in and around that target, they'd have a chance. Um, and I think it was 14 points to five at half time, which was nine, which wasn't, you know, it was okay. It was kind of what I thought in my head. I kind of thought seven, eight points wouldn't be a disaster. Um, but I think the killer was the 10-minute period at the start of the second half because not only did Leash fail to eat into Clare's lead, they actually went further behind. There were 10 points down with 40 minutes on the clock. Now they got it back to four. Uh, ben Deegan scored a free on the on just in between the twenty one and the fourteen. He, he drilled a free into the bottom corner, and they got a couple of points. And all of a sudden, they got it back to four with about five or six minutes left. He got another free then, um, a bit further out. Jar Quinlan was fouled, and he went for goal again, and it was blocked on the line. And Clare went down and got a point straight away, and put five in it. Um and and that was it really. Leash Leash went for goals from then on in, and they just couldn't they couldn't break through. But it was that period I felt that the wides, I think, it was maybe eight wides to seven in the in the first half. Clare had more than Leash, but the second half, Clare only had one wide, and Leash had another six or seven. So that that probably went against them as well. But definitely that ten minute period. At the start of the second half, when they needed to really come out and, and eat into the clear, like even you're, you're only talking like, you know, if they had to get get it back to seven, it would have been something. But to actually go further behind while playing with that wind, that was probably where it where it was lost on them, unfortunately. But yeah, no, look, it was it was. I'm sure they were they were, they were very disappointed afterwards, but they got a huge reception coming off the pitch, and they deserved that because they they gave a great year. They got eight good games, as we said before, against high quality opposition. We got to see a number of players really, really develop and blossom and show that they can compete with the best of their age group um across the country. And like they probably finished the year as what, the fifth best team in, in Ireland. It's probably a long time since a Leash Ireland mm-hmm. team could say that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been a brilliant year. Like they've they've played Clare, Galway, Offley. Kilkenny, Wexford, um, you know, and given that last year they were knocked out of the championship after one game in Newbridge against Kildare, with the same management to come back this year, a lot of the same players and have such a memory. And like that night against Offaly and Portlaoise, they'll be disappointed that they underperformed that night. Now, the end of the year with three losses, which is disappointing, but they're also a least minor team to bet Kilkenny in the championship for the first time since the 60s, to bet Wexford in the knockout game. Um, no, the, 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 this, that has been a good year. It's, 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 Disappointing way to, to finish it. I hope as many of them as possible move on up now to under 20s next year and kept in the system and go straight into their adult club teams next year. Um, we've had two decent under 20 teams in a row. I don't think the under 20s, the under 20s next year should be, you know, the reasonable enough standard that high hopes for them when they were minor. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully they can get, they can be a decent team and maybe they can take a scalp. 
Uh, we just hope then that we can follow this up with with equally good minor teams. Um, you know, minor teams that that have, are very competitive with the strong teams in Leinster and can, like getting to a Leinster final is a huge thing because you get those extra games, even if you don't win the Leinster final, getting those extra games against Clare and Galway, getting to play in Ennis somewhere they never would have played before. Um, is 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 great. I wonder any indication whether the management are going to stay on again next year, whether uh, Derek McGrath will be around, whether Declan Walsh will stay on, or is there any suggestion they might move up? I don't know actually. Yeah, it's, it's a good, that's a good question. We'll have to ask our <clears throat> our former expert, Mr. Carter, the next time. Oh yeah, he's coming back on. He can't. He's, he's supervising the leave insert at the moment. We can't. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we get him back then. So we'll be able to put it to him then. I mean, look. Last year was was disappointing. They spoke about that. There was a lot of different circumstances that probably contributed to it. But what they've done this year um, has has really shown the the value of what they got in terms of what was put in. Getting Derek McGrath, uh, Declan Quarters, like from our point of view, absolute gentleman to deal with, seemed to get on very well with the with the players. Um, the system, the setup that they have seemed to work. So, I mean. For continuity, yeah, of course you'd like to see them stay on. I don't know what Ollie Halley, who is the current under twenty manager, will will look to do whether he'll go for another year or not. I'm trying to think. I think it was was it Liam Dunn that managed this team at that's at right minor. at minor, yeah. yeah. So whether he comes back into the equation and 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 might look for for a go at at under twenty, yeah. I don't know because obviously his son Killian Killian would be there. Um, so like there's a couple of. Couple of things that are there. Yeah, there's a good few of the under twenty team this year, under twenty again next year. And I said mm. they were highly rated at minor level. They actually disappointed that, but like we're talking about back in lockdown, the match was played in Borough behind closed doors, and it was yeah. different. Different. Um, different. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like they can pick it up. No, I suppose there's a few of them involved with the seniors and might not be available or freely available to the twenties. A lot of a lot of unknowns. Um, and we don't know, obviously, I believe, believe the county board are sitting down with Seamus Cheddar Plunkett this week, might have further clarity on the senior manager's position um, in the coming weeks as to whether he's going to be involved again or whether whether his time is going to an end, we don't know. Um, it was a lot, lot, and look, this is really the dead season now in terms of the county game. It's uh, funny, so, isn't it? Because this time it's very unusual. I, I know COVID over the last year has kind of scrambled everything anyway, but yeah, it's almost like we're in um, Christmas or something. In yeah, yeah, October, of, November, like. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it? it? It's an odd period we're in now because we're in that space where obviously there's exams going on as well. So the, the club's action has kind of tapered down. Tapered for off, that, yeah. Which is fair enough, but it it is a, it is sort of an odd period, and it's a time mm. when because I was looking at um something there on RT. I don't even know what game it is about, but it's clashing with the ERC. Championship or the uh, URC, the U- rugby, URC yeah. Championship final and RT have a have are signed in to show that game live at the rugby. I think it must be Leinster Ulster. Would that be right? Uh, Ulster is still in it. I think it's only the semi-finals they're down to, but, okay, but yeah, the yeah, yeah. On anyway, is going to clash with something uh, big, and they're they're seeing now we're trying to move the time of it or yeah. move the day of it. So it, all this thing, you know, when you when you went with the, the calendar splitting up, and these are the things now that are. Are sort of um, coming into into context that would never have been in the in the situation or the conversation before. So it is it is an interesting time, and it's um, look we'll get used to it. It's like everything else, we will get yeah. used to it. For first year, it's def- 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 definitely good for the clubs that they get an extended period of preparation for the club championships. There's not like one of the things definitely with the hurlers was that like they might only have two weeks between the time the club cha- the county championship finished and the club's championship started. And that, that was a very difficult one. And that would have a long spell. And like, I think that's definitely good for the clubs. They'll, you know, they'll get a league game or two. They'll get a league semi-final or final as well. And then the championship starts on the 14th. I think it's the 14th of July. 14th or 17th. 14th of July, I think. Um, so they'll run into that. And then it's every second week from, from that point on. One of the big, great sporting scandals is like this week, the World Cup should be starting. If it was held in a normal country, oh, yeah. the World Cup would be starting this week. And instead, there was no, there was no big international sporting event this summer. No, nothing. There's uh, is there anything at all? No, 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 no. absolutely no not. Olympics, no Euros, no World Cup. No, no, we'll have no. next year. We'll have we'll have the World Cup at Christmas, which will be the World Cup at Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. it's the maddest it's sporting sporting year of all time. Like yeah. the Galway races start the day after the Ireland football final, and the World Cup is in December. <laughs> you know? Jesus, that's that's mad. Yeah, because the, the the All Ireland is what like the seventeenth. 
Is the hurling final? The hurling final is the seventeenth of July, and the football final is the twenty fourth. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, it is mad. Yeah, but it, and like the, the calendar, um, I, I look. I personally think it's it's brilliant. I, any player I have spoken to thinks it's brilliant because they can mm. actually go on holidays. They can go for a wedding. They can mm. go for a week away. They can pl- they can plan a bit a bit better. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think the next thing they have to sort out is the league. We're wasting a huge amount of time on the national leagues, particularly in hurling. Like mm. what was it? Eight weekends in the National Hurling Week, seven or eight weekends in the National yeah. Hurling League, which is like glorified, and, and three or four weekends in the and the Wallace Cup, and then yeah. we're playing Leinster Championship five weekends out of six. Well, you know the way with the football next year, with with the Salton Cup becoming a group stage and the All Ireland becoming a group stage, and more matches. Are, are, will we still have the Avon Cup, or will that be like is the league going to start earlier? Where does the Sigerson Cup go? What what happens with all of that sort of? Stuff? I'd say I'd say we'll I'd say we'll still have Sigerson. I wonder will the Auburn, I don't know if the Auburn Cup is part of the part of the plans, or would that go back into December or something? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Sigerson will still Sigerson will still overlap with the start of the National League, definitely, mm-hmm. um, which is a nuisance. But at least the football league feeds into the All-Ireland Championship um, oh, God, yeah. you know which is, which is decent um, and of course we're going to London next year we hope so that uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to London you mean <laughs> yeah 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 well we'll see we'll see yeah. I can't play a match against the Heat without breaking myself up uh, <laughs> um, anyway so yeah the Club Hurling Leagues they're the last rounds of those are on at the moment Division 1A is the top four the big four um, the big four of ba- Clockwell, I call it Camros, right down the Earl and uh, Camros. I, I Camros think the, the story, the story of Division One are Abbey Leagues. Abbey Leagues are Premier Intermediate, so they're not senior, but yet they're ranked as the fifth best team at the minute. They, they won two matches, and they drew one. Ender Olin scored something like seven goals Five. or something, <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't play in all the matches. Like it's, yeah. it's, I think they're the story of the of the league. Now, the, obviously, the top four are the top four. They're still the top four. I think they'll be the top four come the summertime as well. But um, it's it's uh, and that the, those semi-finals should be very good. Like they'd be great um, mm-hmm. warm up for because the, the hurling championship we often give out about the groups and the staleness of it, or not staleness mm-hmm. of it, just more the non-edge that it brings. We go down edge to them league semi-finals and finals. Yeah, you would hope so. You would hope so. Now hurling people tend to be cute whores and they might put out sort yeah. of funny teams and that, like you know, because you know, you couldn't be winning the league. You know, you couldn't couldn't be doing something like that. Um, <laughs> But anyway, yeah, the big four in the semi-finals. The Harps, the Harps aren't going well. Um, they've lost all no. their league matches. They've been down, missed a few guys and all that. But like Rose and Alice, I'd have a bit of sympathy for Rose and Alice in the sense that they're senior football and senior hurling and they've a good few, a bit of county representation on both football and hurling panels. So like league matches for them must be pure torture trying to get, get teams t- together. And uh, from, from, the from their football last week, they, they lost to uh, Kaleshin and I counted nine players that I could think of that would possibly, probably, most likely start for them that were missing. So, like, yeah, it must be if you're going, and and, and, and that's and that's that's like when footballers and hurlers are out. What was it like there six weeks ago when the leash hurlers and footballers were both playing? So, mm-hmm. I would have sympathy for them, but they beat they beat the Harps in in what was essentially the relegation playoff. The two bottom teams, the Harps are the Harps are the bottom team. They may not be relegated because one in Division One B, three of the four semi finalist teams are likely to be second teams. Plus, the Harps have a team in Division 1B themselves who aren't going to be relegated because Mount Rath are the bottom team. So, um, it's, it's a bit funny. The, the, the Division 1B, uh, the Mount Rath are, they're definitely going to finish bottom. Top four teams are Port Leash, Red Downey Earl, Camaros' second team, and likely to be Bar- uh, Clock Balagala's second team. There is a possibility that uh, Balakil could beat Ballyfin and take this fourth spot off Balakala, but Balakala would need to lose to whoever they're playing. The Harps, the second team, yeah, there is for something like that, so it's unlikely. Don't draft to relegate it in that division two. Came to a sort of a conclusion last night, apparently, real controversial and thrilling draw between Sleeve Bloom and Boris K. Cotton. Um, Sleeve Bloom, it was 220 each, but the claim, the, the, the Sleeve Bloom claimed that they should have won by two points and it shouldn't have been a draw. There was a mix up in the score. Uh, had they won, oh. it would have kept their hopes alive of getting into a semi final, only same hopes, but as it is, both themselves and Boris K. Cotton are knocked out. And I think Abilix's second team, Trummer at Clunacy and Cole Chanahor in the semi finals in that relegation. Yeah, 
Relegation is a straight shootout between Park Rataneska and our friends in Mount Melick, who are managed by our other friend, Damien Carter, who've lost all six games. Hasn't been a great start to his club managerial career with Mount Melick. focusing on the county there now. Now he's yeah. you know, fully focused yeah, on this yeah. I was talking to a Mount Melick hurler who was telling me not to be reading into too much of their results, that they've actually been very competitive in a lot of the games and have been unfortunate. So there you it, go. It, it, it has been it has been a fairly decent league, but look at the results in that. Like, a lot of tight games, a lot of mm-hmm. crossover results. Trummer are the story of that. Like they're promoted to Premier Intermediate this year, but they're after, I think they've 11 points after six games or 10 points after six yeah, games. Yeah. They're, 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 they're going very well, so fair, fair play to them. Um, the Gleish Komogi were beaten last weekend. That's them. I'd say that's their season done for, there's no game this weekend, I don't think, and there's two no group game games weekend, left. That's to play Carlo and... Carlo and somebody else who I can't think of off the top of my head. But Someone's yeah. second team. They're going to have to win. I think it's a relegation. If they finish bottom, they're going to a relegation playoff against whoever's bottom the other side. So they'll have to win um, one of those games. Probably the Carlo one, you'd, you'd imagine. Um, it's a Dublin second team. They lost the, they've lost the Dublin, Galway. Oh, they've lost Kerry. Dublin second team. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dublin, Dublin <laughs> Galway and Kerry so far is, is who they've been beaten by. Now, with the Dublin game, Barry McAfee was at the game for us. And um, Barry said to me that, they were slow to start. They were behind, well behind the half time, but they came back and they just couldn't, um, they just couldn't bridge the, bridge the gap in the end and they went down by four points. Probably disappointing because they've played that Dublin team a couple of times over the last few years between league and championship and have always managed to beat them. So, but look, if you look at the, the team itself, it's so young. You know, it's, it's, there's an awful lot of this year's minor, uh, teams starting on it. I'd say the average age is, I wouldn't be. It wouldn't be an exaggeration to say twenty or twenty-one could be the average. Okay. So, so they're, they're only up from junior since about twenty sixteen. I think they won the All Ireland Junior in twenty fifteen. They'd be Roscommon in Croke Park, then they'd lost the final a couple of times prior to that. So they've never fully established themselves as an intermediate contender, and you know, like they're, they're probably are going to be in a fight now to stay at intermediate level um, over the next couple of weeks. Um, Ladies football, they have a big game. Well, it's sort of a big game against Tyrone this weekend in Amore Park on Sunday at two o'clock. Both of them are already through to the, the quarterfinals, but you would like Leash would like to, to to win again. To beat Tyrone would be a bit of a bit of a bit of a scalp, even though I don't think they're hectic. They were relegated from senior last year and haven't been set in the world of light since. Um they are Ulster Ulster Intermediate champions, fair enough. But they didn't beat Sligo by as much as each bet Sligo by. And both of them yeah. are already through. And the winner will top the will top the group and go, and go into the, the potentially get an easier quarter final game. So they play you know, this Sunday, and we have an interview on site with two fairly significant stories from the ladies' championship. Kildare, who are Leinster champions, are gone. They <laughs> lost four games in the group. Now there's a there's a, a sort of a safety for them or a quirk is that if you win your provincial, you can't be relegated. So even though they're gone out of the All-Ireland series with a game to go and would typically end up in relegation, they can't be relegated. Um, okay. So they're safe. And the other story is the Connacht champions, Leitrim, have also befell the same fate and are gone, <laughs> but can't be relegated. So I think it's Sligo and whoever finishes bottom from the other group are going to be playing one mm. another in the, in the relegation playoff. But it's mad to think Kildare, such a high day would have been on. Yeah. A month ago, and, yeah. and now two of the season they're gone. You know, so it's it. I think it is a very competitive championship, and it's something that I think we're going to see in the men's game over the next couple of years with the new formats. There, you're going to see better com- competitive games. Look what we've already seen in the Talton Cup with Sligo and Leitrim going to a penalty shootout. Um, you know, Carlo beating Tipperary and putting in a decent display against Westmeath like that. That's, I think, what you're going to start seeing now because the, hopefully the days of, you know, Kerry beating Limerick by 25 points or Dublin mm. murdering everybody, hopefully they'll be they'll be gone. Or, more or, or limited, so. limited, limited yeah. anyway to the, the yeah. one-off games. Provincial championships. Is, I think that is an interesting one that Kildare, who I would have had as one of the favourites to win the competition, mm. are gone. Oh, yeah. so I, <laughs> a friend of mine from Leitrim said he was at the he was at the Leitrim Saigo match at the weekend. He said it was an unbelievable atmosphere. The place was absolutely rocking. Four and a half or five thousand people at it, and that was one of the benefits of the regionalized draw. And that Leitrim got Saigo, you know. And like people would say, oh, sure, they're sick of playing each other. They actually probably don't play each other that no. often. 
in the no, college because they'd always lose their first game each. Mm. There probably there haven't been that much of a crossover that have been in different divisions in the league. Um so so it was a bit of a quirk of it. Um and the semi-final well, separate there's not much interest in Leash in the Talton Cup anymore, but uh there have been some good tight games in it. Uh, so, Leach Bet Ron, Daryl Lyons, who is working with us now, he has an interview with Amy Kelly coming up on site tomorrow or the next day. So, Amy is the captain, and I'm sure they're, hope, they're hoping for, they're hoping, like this is, only, this is sort of a seeding game, really, but they would want yeah. to win it. And they're hoping, they, I think they should be in a semi final. I think that's sort of their base, and, and from there, the they're in bonus year. territory. That's what they got the last year. And I think, like, looking at the teams that are left in it, I know we've lost to Wexford the last two times. But they've both been very, very tight games. They're due a win over them. And if they did play them again, I would fancy us to beat them. And after that, then, like, you're looking... It'll be interesting to see what Tyrone are like on, on Sunday. I'm looking forward mm. to going to be that. I, lo- I really look forward to going and watch the ladies every time they play because they're just pure entertainment. Like, they, they really are. play a great brand of attacking football. Um, so I am looking forward to, to seeing that. Um, and after that, we'll have a better idea, I think, of, of where they might get to. Uh, briefly last week on our last podcast we paid tribute to uh, Colin Begley who had announced his retirement six months after he actually retired John O'Loughlin was quick road of the traps so he announced his retirement um, he played for Leash even more often than Begley did and it's the end of a great inter-county career what a servant for Leash like a lad who put life and soul or heart and soul into it and like um, played half back midfield half forward line um, and just emptied himself every single time but uh, there was a lot of miles in the clock uh, and I'd say a lot of wear and tear, but it, if John Lachlan can definitely bow out with his head held high because he definitely gave his all for Leash. Never missed a year, barely missed a game, I'd say. And like always committed, never, you know, never turned it down, always turned up. As you said, I remember a couple of years ago that he like break his jaw in a, in a challenge match against Clare and went out and played a couple of weeks later for Leash in the championship, like he just an absolute warrior of a of a man and a great role model for for younger players, um, showing you know how you can get the best and such a talented sports person. That's probably lost maybe along the way. Like I mean, wasn't there something when he was seventeen or eighteen that he was playing on about ten or fifteen different teams between schools, hurling, yeah. football? You know, I think when in his last year minor he was playing for he was playing for Leash at minor hurling and minor football. When he was still minor, he played for Leash under twenty one hurling football. That was four teams. He played for UCD Freshers hurling and football, and maybe Sigerson and Fitzgibbon. Maybe one, maybe not all of those teams. There's another four. That's eight teams. He played for Mount Melick, minor under twenty one and senior intermediate in hurling and football. So that was another six teams. That's up about twelve teams. I'm sure there's someone else thrown in there. There, oh, he might. Be, I think back then he was able to play with Tina Hinch, who were sort of Mount Melick, Clonacy, oh, yeah. Rose, and Alice Senior Hurling team. So there was there was twelve, thirteen, fourteen teams, um, in the mix there. Uh, I remember John as a young lad. I was in sixth year in school when he was in first year, and he was a uh, Ross Gray played hurling, and he won all Ireland schools with Ross Gray. But he's going to say he was only in well third year, um, under the great Hugh Macdonald, the late great Hugh Macdonald was the the manager. He was the principal. There's a word on Hubie. He 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 managed. He's tip North Tipperary man from Ross Gray. But he, he managed the Ross Gray, Cistercian Ross Gray hurling team for something like 38 years. And he never, and he never once had a selector. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you do things. That's how you do things. But John, no, two, two, two games, like he, as you say, like, mine are under 21. Back those, in the mid to late 2000s, like it was literally three years as a leash mine or four years as a leash under 21 hurling and football straight into the senior team. Played under a range of different managers. The, two, the games that stand out in my memory, like he was a big, strong guy. He was also great to take a score. Like I think he's up there among Leash's higher scorers of all time. Like he's clocked up a like, like goals, points. Like, he's got a good few goals for Leash. Um, one thing that uh, he's always great. He was great to give a kick pass. Like now he was obviously a great, powerful runner, but he was also well able to to lay off a foot pass off either foot. His skills were probably often underrated because he was known as such a strong player, but. Two games that stand out in my mind are one one was a minor quarterfinal for Leash against Roscommon down in Turles and Roscommon were the All-Ireland minor champions at the time and Donny Shine was the big name oh, for Roscommon. They, they, they had won the All-Ireland minor the previous year and Jono had like played with the Leash under 21s that year and it was a great minor team. It had Zach Toohey, Connor Murdoch, John Lachlan, uh, Kieran Lillis, Sean Ramsbottom. They were all on that team and uh, John, like, he was like a he was like a a man playing under 12 like at inter-county minor level he was so strong 
And I just remember the kickouts, like he just won 13, 14 kickouts in that game down in Turles, absolutely lorded. And there's something similar to play, and this was a far lower key match than under, I'd say it was John Sugu's second year. And the league that second year under John Sugu was very hot and cold, like, and they did get promoted, but the game that sort of sealed the promotion or kept them in it was they, they played Longford in a really bad night in the Moore Park. And Leash were down at half time, and O'Loughlin won some amount of ball, absolutely horrible conditions, won some amount of ball around midfield in the second half. Um, maybe scored a point or two. It was inspirational. And they're the two games that stand out, out for me. So look, just wish him well in his inter-county retirement. He's still a lot to play with Rose and Alice hurling and football. Um, and I'd say he'll make a very good coach in time because he worked as a full-time coach in, in, right. in St. Bridget's in Dublin. And apparently he's brilliant with, he's brilliant. Going, he has gone around to clubs and offered, you know, he's not in that job now, but uh, I know he was over helping one of Strevin GA club recently with helping for coaches. And apparently very, very good at that. So I'm sure he, he's a lot to offer the game yet. God, he does. Probably have another 10 years of withdrawals and analysis if he wants anyway. So yeah. <laughs> it is It is sort of a, it's just a sign. At least you want to be in Division 4 next year. And obviously Colin Begley wasn't playing this year. But I'd say we'll, we'll have a few more retirements. And it is a real rebuilding job that the management are going to have next year. And they will probably be without a huge amount of experience. Yeah. You know, we've like, got players that, that are like, Appearances that Jono and Bailey had, and you know, there might be a few more could could go to between here and and next January. So yeah, you could have a, a big change from the team as as time goes on. And I suppose that's only natural. It's going to happen. That's, too. A, that's only natural. I suppose we're probably going to get a sort of a glut of it now with one go. That sort of things happen like that. I suppose when you had so many good underage teams at a similar time back fifteen years ago, they all came in at the same time, and yeah, they're all sort of beginning to go, go out at the same time. Um, club football, just briefly, you were at the, the, the league started it. Now, as I said, we're in holiday and leaving start season, so maybe this latter phase of the league isn't going to be as good as we thought it would be. But Joseph's were big winners over Odemsey's, or over Greg. No, Greg were big winners over Joseph's, and Odemsey's were had a good win over Port Arlington. Are the wheels yeah. falling off the Port bandwagon, are they? I don't know, because I, I, I know, you know, we heard about that going away and not being there, but they seem to have, looking at the team, like Barry, Barry McFly was at the game for us, and they seem to have a lot of their, their players. I couldn't, when I looked at the team that played, I couldn't think of that many that were missing. So I'm not too sure. And Odemsey seemed to be missing a few. I'd, I'd say Odemsey's were missing as many as Port were for that match last week. So look, Port have been on the go a while, mentally keeping it going during the league. I know a few of them weren't involved with the county team and that, but I'd say it's too early to get worried yet if I was involved with them. And it's a good while to go yet before the championship gets really like the Varlis clean in the first round. You'd imagine they'd win that. Now, to have guys going on holidays and going away, I see Jake Foster is listed to go on a transfer to a club in um, Chicago for the summer. He won't be available until the quarterfinals at least championship is to get there. That's your that's your uh, current club player of the year. Um, so whether they can... like. Like there's no appear. sign of there's no sign of Scott Osborne uh, as yet. I know he's been playing with Port Leash in the soccer, which only finished up, I suppose, in the last couple of weeks. But I don't know, you know, whether he's going to come back and play in the goals. Um, they've had Jack Hines. No sign of David Murphy. No, no sign of David Murphy. Um, who was obviously the full forward last year. They've had so like that, you know, you had him and Jake Foster there were two thirds your full power line potentially not being there and we've heard that other lads could be going travelling as well over the next couple of weeks. So it like Port were fifteen points or whatever it was better than everybody else last year. So they do have some way to come back to everyone. But looking at what we've seen so far, certain teams have definitely improved. So mm. like from what I've seen, I, I'm very impressed by Greg. Um They've added in, like from what played there the other evening, you had uh, Jack Byrne up for minor, number one. Lee Walker transferred in from Hanrahan's former Carter footballer, two. Aaron Forbes back playing this year, having not played for the last couple of years, three. Aaron Dorgan up for minor, straight into the middle of the field, outstanding footballer, four. And Sean McGrath was on the Leash minor team last year, into the full back line, five. Jamie Murphy, John O'Shea, Mikey Hora, and they were all Leash Miners last year. They're not far away from from the panel. They come on, sometimes they start. There's eight players. Like, that's a serious boost. And they're eight yeah. very good players. 
So, like, I think that that completely changes the dynamic. And, and they were coming into a very competitive team as it was. That had five yeah. starting leash footballers. But yeah. Trevor Collins, Mark Timmons, Danny Riley, Brian Byrne and Danny Bulger. So they have all the, like Greg's biggest problem I always felt over the last couple of years was that they didn't have enough scoring power. And they look now like they do have scoring power. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like Walker definitely, he seems to consistently get like 1-3, 1-4 a game. Connor Kelly has another year now development under his belt. Um, Looks like a very good forward. The young lads, they're there to me, look like the one that could make a big step. Joseph's similarly. Ono Flaherty was great for the transfer business. He didn't play against Greg Cullen um, in the league there last week. I don't know whether he wasn't there. He must have been away. But like he... Um, he's been used sparingly enough in the league. Like I'd say he's only played about half the league matches for them. Hmm. Or when he has, they've been a hell of a lot better than when he hasn't. Yeah, but sure. He's scoring Pierce highly and he's, his leadership qualities. Because they're a young side. Like they don't hmm. have... I, I was looking at their team and I, I can't think of... On their starting team, I can't leave anyone in their thirties. Mm. Now, Matty Campion is about twenty nine, maybe. I say, I say Jason and Matty Campion, who played with them last year, would be up around that, like. But other than that, you're going mid twenties and lower. Mm. You know, so like they, they they do lack probably a bit of experience, and, and they also they obviously they lack that marquee forward, and and O'Flaherty certainly brings them an awful lot of quality, and also Cormac Murphy's emergence as a really top, top footballer for such a young lad, has allowed them to put Brian Daly into the full forward line. And that's added something different to them as well, mm. giving them a real physical target presence inside. They've gone away, or at least they have in the last couple of matches, gone away from their defensive football. What did you call him one day? Poor man's Greg. Wasn't that wasn't the Judah said that about? I, I never uh, said that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, they've gone away from that, or at least appear to have gone away from that. So they're, they're the two. Ballerone, uh, yeah, I was not sweet on them last year, as, as you know, uh, and I said it an awful lot. They have had a difficult enough league, sort of disrupted with lads with the leash under 20s. They didn't have, like, apart from Cahill Dyle, they didn't have any seniors, so they weren't really hit that way, but they were hit with under 20s. Um, but I'd say they were disappointed not to get into the top four. I'd say that would have been a target of theirs, and, and they missed out on that. They'll comfortably stay up. Like there, there's no, there's no doubt there. Um, are are Corfu and Emo going to go down? Is that what the way you see it shaping so. up? Yeah, I think so. I think Corfu. I'd say Emo definitely going down. I'd say Emo just seemed seemed to have lost so many ravaged. players. Ravaged, yeah. absolutely ravaged, and like they've they've not like with lads injured, lads gone away. Now they will have Paul Kerwin back. He's he's just come home recently. Hasn't played yet, but he will help them. But they've lost Paddy Hosey. They've lost, they don't have Jack Owens. Darren, or Paul Aller has retired. That's their full forward line from last year. Gone. It was a really good, dangerous full forward line. Yeah. You're talking about a team that got the two semi-finals in a row. Bosey did his cruciate. Finbar Crowley gone, did his cruciate. Um, Jack Owens, I think, is going travelling for the year. Um, you know, as you said, have been absolutely ravaged. And they didn't have a big panel to start with. And I don't know if they've any new players up um, uh, Mike, Mike Fenley is up. Yeah, yeah he's he's the younger brother of he's good, Tom. Yeah. Tom. Dean. He's he's a good lad. Yeah, and Owen Montague has played uh, in a couple mm-hmm. of games. Uh, son of, of Doctor Sean, uh, a good footballer as well. Uh, but yeah, no, it is it is it is tough for small rural clubs when they lose mm. a of lads. Like, oh, Janey, absolutely. Um, and, and, and like the, the only league game they won that was at it was the game they played against Courtwood. And it was a bizarre game. It was a great game. You know, they came from 12 points down and won it. And they were strong enough that night. Now, they probably didn't, the, the, they were probably stronger that night than they have been in a lot of games. But they know Sean Green that night. Um, but they had, they had strong was very good. Paddy Hosey was very good. Uh, you know, uh, Liam Crowley was very good midfield that night. The Murphys were good in that. But they seem to have lost a few of those since. Courtwood, I think Courtwood have come on. I think they've improved well enough. They were competitive in a lot of their games. And like they only lost the Port Leash by two points in the group game last week. But to, to, to avoid relegation now, they're probably going to have to beat Emo and Ballyroan. And Ballyroan seems to be the strongest of the teams in that section. Ballyroan are even ahead of Port Leash by the looks of it. Yeah, no, they, they lost the Port Leash when they read them in the in the league at the at the start. 
Um, so there might be a whole lot between the two of them, but that's the next they, game. That's the next game, which is probably the best thing for it because if they had to be playing the other two teams in one, well, then the, the game that's then really wouldn't mean anything for them. But mm. whereas it, it should mean something for, for three of the teams that are involved. Um, I would I would think Greg are looking very good for a final, and obviously, what MCs now are looking very good for mm. a final too. It'll probably come down between them and and Joseph's, but it's I like the system. I I think the majority of people I've spoke to seem to like the system as well. The the top four, bottom four, um, it gives more meat. Like, can you imagine now if we were into round eight or nine, yeah. as it would be, and you already kind of know that, like, well, you know, these two are gone. These lads are definitely in the final, and and but, but especially when especially when we were playing, there was only the top two got to the final. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so, so it is better in that sense. One B um, got off to sort of a a, a broken start because the two games called off. So um, they're on the, this weekend. They're on this weekend. They cover those, the, yeah. Yeah, in the promotion end of it, um, Collection had a big win over Rosnalis. As we said, I said earlier on in the show, Rosnalis absolutely ravaged with lads away and injured. So good win for Collection. I like to look at that Collection team on paper. They've been ravaged the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Totally they a decent enough looking team on paper. They, they have. And like, the strongest they've probably played, started all year. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like they're probably more settled team since they got to the championship final um, a couple of years ago. So maybe they're on, on the up. But I, I have to say there's some difference between 1B and 1A. And you wouldn't think it. But when you actually go and you watch the games, there's a big, big difference in the, the speed of them. Uh, the quality and everything else so it, it would be good for whichever two teams get out and get up into one it'll, day and it, yeah. it'll definitely expose them to a better level of football earlier mm-hmm. but I think struggling the heat now that's been an interesting game Strabby beat them well in the heat in the early part of it but the heat were missing the few lads that evening um, so he to come in nearly as a form team like the heat won maybe three or their four last games they been in their last three games to get through like yeah, exactly. And they're intermediate, you know, so like I think they're are they the only intermediate team in that division? Well Concruz Concruz are in it as well, yeah. And they're in the right. bottom part of it. And they and the play other side, this yeah, the other game then Ballylinen and Clean and Ballylinen had a big win, Clean didn't have the two Kingstons. So Clunnesley are in Concruz. I think Clunnesley are going to be missing a good few players this week by the sounds of a lot of lads injured. Tough mm. bits like Rose and Alice, very hard with Getting the two one hurling football, hurling yeah. football with more or less the same. I'd say the, 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 this is a big game for both of those because the winner of this will probably say up. Yeah, or great chance of it anyway. Great chance anyway, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So like that, that's interesting. Division two. Um, has that, that's certain, that has, that's that's starting that has tonight, hasn't it? Yeah, it has concluded. Phase two is starting tonight. So the top four are Timaho, Ballyfin. They're playing on Sunday. Uh, Joseph's in Park Rathanesca. They could be playing. That could be something like next week, I think. And then Mount Melick and Cretiard are playing in the relegation part of, of it. They're playing this evening, Wednesday evening. Today is Wednesday, isn't it? And then Port Arrington and Port Leash. But playing in Port Leash, like, they give walkovers in that, like, uh. You wouldn't know whether they'd even play in it, yeah. Yeah. It will be, yeah. That, that could. And the further down you go, I was looking at one of the divisions last night. It could be 3B or something. It's just ravaged mm-hmm. with walkovers, like, walkovers, so. yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. the further down you go, that I think that was the final round of it, and it could nothing could change. So, no, the, the, yeah, do, do you know what's most impressive? I think, um, with four divisions in Division Five this year, four groups, four groups, that, yeah. Right? yeah, I think it was four four groups, um, and I think there's very few walkovers across the, yeah. the four groups. So, lads are taking their back to we're gone full circle now, back to the junior C, lads are taking it serious this year, they're, they're, they're putting in the effort. I think there's it was done um, geographically, which was good for a start. Brilliant. Yeah, and they deserve credit for that. And I think for the championship, there's something like seven groups, is there? Seven or eight groups? Seven groups of three, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah the only thing, I, yeah. yeah. There should be letting more teams out of the group. Like, there was Junior C or Division 5, whatever they called them, quarterfinals on the other day. Kilcatton seemed to be flying it in that. And the Kilcatton yeah. would have no record of a second team. Do they have young lads or old lads or... Oh no! I'll have to ask our, our friend Mick Birmingham what 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 they're doing. I'll tell you one thing: if if he he's some coach, every mm. time you go to the coming one school, whether it's hurling or football, over the last number of years, there's always a clinic of do team in it. I think there was there could have been three. There might have been took part in three or four finals between hurling and football and camogie and ladies football this year. 
I think they won them all. And like they were playing the the brand of Harlem that they were playing here a couple of weeks ago. Come on, Skull, I want to, just before we finish, oh, yeah. definitely give them a huge God what they've done over the last six weeks. A dedicated group of lads there that are involved in it. Um, you know, like they they really, really, really put on a savage program of matches. And they we'd be often slagging over um one A, one B, three B shields and this type of thing. <laughs> But I'll tell you what they've done. The games are all so competitive. There was very few, maybe out of, well, how many finals was there? Something 24 finals in the Harlem and Camogie. There might have been five or six one-sided ones. There was one day in particular, I was looking at the results. I think there was no game decided by four, more than four or five points, which is, you know, very strange at coming to one school because you normally get big old scores and whatever. But like the 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 way that they have the divisions split up, like they're smaller divisions, and if you get to semi-finals, you get a chance in the shield final and stuff like that. It has definitely made them the competitions much more competitive, and like you're getting to see with great stories, like with the story with Ardo. Tell, t- tell us the story of Ardo. Ardo, Ardo, Ardo. Where are they? Ardo, I don't even know. Like it's uh, Kevin. Kevin Gorman is the is the chairman of Common School, um, and like. What a what a job! I, I just can't I can't stress. Like, Kevin's a great character. He's a Port Leash GM man, but he's principal down in Newtown, which would be Crettyard. I, I had the pleasure of listening to every one of his speeches because we were, we were <laughs> positioned behind the press box, and I was kind of wondering after a while would he just stay saying the same thing, you know? But he didn't. He changed his breath <laughs> team, said something different. It was it was and it was very very natural. But like what very they sincere, do, yeah, yeah, and what they do for the for the kids is incredible because we only really noticed that for the last two years when it wasn't there, how much we all missed it and how much the kids missed out on it. And like what a day it is or a couple of days. Like we one game went to a draw after extra time. It was the division three or four Camogie, Killinard and Ballerone went to, it was a draw, extra time, still a draw after extra time. I was out in the field. We didn't know what they were going to do. And eventually they agreed to come back and play the replay on the Wednesday, two days later. Like, you know, it, they're just, they're, you know, and they're always something that you remember. You know, I remember mm. we didn't get to a final when I was in Strabby, but I remember us playing Greg in the semi final. And they had like Robbie Moore and Jimmy Bolt and Dale Byrne, all these lads. Like, and I still remember the game. I remember talking out in in their dressing room, which was their P hall. Up, it was up in Greg. And I don't know hope winning down there. Not a chance. Such as we were kicked <laughs> off the field. But you know, there there are things you don't forget, and uh, and and they have the three finals. Yeah, well, you see, uh, you were obviously very talented. We did, we we <laughs> we players as well, but we were in the top division, so maybe that was why. Oh yeah, yeah, went, yeah, against, yeah. went against us. But I was saying about the Ardo, like Ardo. I was saying that to Kevin, asking Kevin where where Ardo are from, and he he said to me like, go up to um, Bilbo and. Yard and stay going like you're yeah. you're up in the mountains and they're like they're kids that they're they're too far away from anywhere else really to and this is this is where they've landed so when we first came across them or when I first came across them they won the coming to one school you had the story 2017 um and Daniel Lawler was in the goals and he was only in first class and they had I think that maybe 16 pupils that time 18 pupils at that time yeah, yeah. They won it again then in 2019. And Daniel Aller was now in fourth class. Would that be right? No, they must have won so it. He was in third class. Third class, yeah. Third class. And they won it again. And they were they were down to maybe 16 pupils. And now uh, they came to the final there. And Daniel Aller was now in sixth class. And they have 12 pupils. And I think everybody... 14, I think. You know, you were telling me 14. 14. You're, you're not great so, on your numbers, yeah. They're not bad, bad on my numbers, yeah. 14, you're right. And because it's 12 is the minimum for a school to exist. And that was it? it. Apparently so. That's what 12 is. So 12 is in my head. <laughs> but they, uh, the, the goalkeeper was a girl called Chloe Dunn. She was only in first class. Um, Daniel Lawler and his brother were in the middle of the field. They scored all of the 18-9 between them. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Daniel got 14-6. And the brother, I think his name was Jack. Jack or Josh, can't think off the top of my head. He got the rest, whatever, 14, 6. He got 4, 4, 3. Um, and I mean, like, Daniel Oller was hitting the ball as hard as Peaches. Could he hits them freeze or in the roll? <laughs> absolutely smashing the ball into the net. And uh, I was getting fierce excited looking at them. I was thinking, God, like, 
just imagine now four or five years time when this lad is minor we'll have some hurler then and then I, then I was told he's from Paul's town I don't think they're a million miles from St. Abbans Athletic Club but off yeah. down there somewhere and they draw students from Carlow, Kilkenny and Leash now they don't draw too many of them if there's only 14 of them in the school and I think there's seven of them playing there were one sub and there's six supporters who are junior and senior infants <laughs> yeah. so, and it was gas like you know the, 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 I think just, there's obviously two teachers there you know um, it's, it's just incredible achievement um, what, what they managed to do but like there were stories like that dotted throughout the week like Cameras won the Division 1 um, very comfortably and then Killanoor, which is like another school in Cameras, they won like Division Three. Um, so like I was looking at this and I was thinking, God, that's the next crop of them now coming along. Like you know, there was there was at least twelve excellent hurlers there yeah. between the two schools. So it's... Hey, also, you, you, we we saw young Bill Duggan playing for Cluck. Now you were you were you were at them. I wasn't at them, but I see the names. But Bill Duggan from Cluck could be uh, not Bill Duggan, Bill Dunn, be a brother of Killian and. Uh, and Cahill uh, Don on the on the Clockbell College senior team, Quinlan lad from uh, Ross. Ross Ross Quinlan lad from for Killadooley who be Boris Kilcotney supposed to be the business altogether. All these all these names coming through. Um, th- that one obviously is uh, did um, not win again because they were brilliant in the football. No, no, no I don't not, think so. did, not 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 me. Sorry, the other Cretty Yard School. What do you call them? Mayo, Mayo, Mayo. Sorry, Mayo won the final. Yeah. The- I was slagging Liam Lawler from Valley Pickets was over the team and I'm slagging them saying if you if you start putting hurling into these cray lads' heads you might might be out of a job fairly lively because I tell you they were excellent. There was four four Brennans on the team. Don't know now plenty of Brennans. There's twins, there's twins, there's twins among them anyway, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and they were excellent. Absolutely mm-hmm. excellent. So like it it's got so you see like I, I, I see I see Crettyard Spink apparently have an incredible under thirteen team 13. this year and probably all lads coming from from those schools like Newtown, yeah. Mayo and probably Knock who were coming to one school coming to one school final as well. That's how you see it come through. But you're on about Clunicadu and Mick Birmingham and I think Mick and I'm not denigrating the work done by female teachers in any means. They do a huge amount of work, but I think Mick could be the first male teacher in in Clonakadu in like forty years or something. Really, he's doing do, doing serious uh, work. He has the mouth coach and like. Doesn't matter if you're male or female, but he's put, putting huge work. We played at uh, Kilcavan on Saturday morning in the goal games, and they were excellent, absolutely yeah. excellent. Like it was that's the goal games over the last couple of years. I would say Kilcavan are probably, and we played the smaller clubs. But it doesn't matter because you're only playing five and six aside, and you have a whole lot of games going on at the same time. I'd say Kilcavan are the best we've played across the two years. We played them two years in a row. They're very, very good. Yeah, no, they're just not going on. And sure, look at it like should have had. I know what the Leash minor footballers should they had. Four lads on the panel, three of them, mm. wasn't it four? The, the four two yeah. lauder twins, Adam Hunt and, and Aaron Tarpey. Um, you know, like, so they had, they're, they're producing, mm. producing players now and fair, fair play. That's what, that's mm. what you want. If these are going to be successful, we have to have all assets being used and the work that's being done. Big and small. Yeah. The, the schools are, in, Absolutely crucial for that. Like, yeah. But I mean, like, it's going to say, you're going to go up full-time coaches and all that. The biggest resource is the teachers. And you passionate teachers, like the, we mentioned Kevin Gorman and Shane Marr and Brian Dunn. And there's loads of them all over uh, Mark and Carol down in Cluck. I don't, I don't like naming guys because they're, they're, there's loads of them everywhere. But mm-hmm. they are so important. And they're not like teaching is their number one thing. But if you teachers invested in GA, they, they're the ones that can raise it up. It's onto the next level then. Um, it's the second. You, you want the same in the secondary schools. It might not be the case at the moment, but definitely the coming one school are doing their their work right. And I'd say they can take a huge amount of credit for the crowd that was at that minor hurling final. Um, yes, you know. Yeah. And uh, if 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 the coming one schools in Westmead and Cavan and Sligo and Offaly are any good this week, they'll be doing their best to fill or to not fill, but bring a huge crowd to Pro Park next week for those Talchin semi-finals, which I've seen that they've priced the twenty-five and thirty euro. I'm thinking, do not leave the tickets at a tenner. And get thirty or forty thousand there, and get it, and give you a great chance of getting the two t- winning teams back. You know, yeah, um, exactly. What's your yeah. don't things like that? Like, you know, that, we're, 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 we're gone off. We, we are, we're on. We believe County Board are meeting Billy Sheehan and Seamus Cheddar Plunkett this week, so we might have white smoke either way uh, in yeah, the coming days on, on those management days. teams. Hmm, exactly, and we'll, we'll probably not know more. Um, 
by you know the end of, you'd imagine by the end of the month anyway it'll probably be a decision made one way or the other as to whether they're going to remain in the roles or not and whether they should be looking for for new management or not so I'm sure that's will all become clearer over the coming weeks right well I suppose I started it so I'll finish it <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just I, as I said the next time now we just hope that your your leg will be on the mend you'd still have your leg and that that's that's the, the most important thing and that's why we were away but we're we're back now and Fingers, even if we have to do it from from the hospital bed on uh, until more, we'll, we'll, we'll go we'll for a scan. Time. As you as you, you say, you never like hearing a lad going for a scan. No, that's no. not good. No. <laughs> like, like, no. going to go, oh, he's oh, he's going up to Dublin. Like go, going to Tullamore, it's probably not as bad as going to Dublin, but going to Tullamore, not good either. <laughs> no, 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 you don't be avoiding the scans. They're they're not. Uh, yeah. They're not. Uh, it's just as well you're retired anyway. You don't have to worry. Exactly. About yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah.